Luke 14, verse 27 says, Whosoever doth not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. I want to talk about it today. I want to explain what that means. I'm calling my message to embrace the cross, embracing the cross. What does that mean? And when the Lord says in Luke 14, verse 27, whosoever doth not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. I want to be a disciple of the Lord for the rest of my life, and I know you do too. Our greatest desire is to follow the Lord, to please the Lord, to walk with Jesus, our wonderful Lord. And he gives us the answers. Let's pray. Wonderful Lord, thank you for your word. And thank you, Lord, for the privilege that we are your people. Thank you, Heavenly Father. We are your children. And Lord, thank you for what you did for us on the cross. We give you all the praise. And I pray our life will always be pleasing always be pleasing unto you in Jesus' wonderful name. And God's people said amen and amen. I want you to think about these words as we enter into the Christmas season and in a few days we'll be celebrating the Lord's birth. And then the new year begins. And and I want you to begin living the Christian life. If you're not, I want you to begin living it as we all ought to live it with all our hearts. Embracing the cross, what does that really mean? All right, if you look at the book of Romans, we have something very amazing in that book. From chapter one, right through chapter five, Paul introduces justification. Then he begins talking about sanctification, chapter 6 and 7. In chapter 8, he talks about glorification. Now, to be justified means that the minute you and I were born again, our sins were forgiven, our past sins were forgiven. That's what it means by being free from the penalty of sin. But now we have to deal with the power of sin. And the power of sin is uh, it's, it's, it's a different warfare. It's a different place where we have to begin living the Christian life, uh, growing into God's righteousness. In justification, God declares us righteous. When we accept the Lord, he declares us righteous. When we accept his son Jesus, we're declared righteous. Now we have to grow into that righteousness. That is called sanctification, and that's where we have to carry the cross. You know, a lot of people, when they think of the Christian life, it's past tense. I was saved 10 years ago. I was saved 20 years ago. But Jesus tells us we have to carry the cross with us. 
Salvation then continues. We grow from faith to faith, from glory to glory. We have to live the life that we're commanded to live. Whosoever doth not bear his cross and come after me means we take the cross with us. He cannot be my disciple. So the cross is not a past tense experience. That was the beginning. Now we have to grow into the Christian life. And that's where we have to understand embracing the cross. The cross saved us. We were delivered from our sins, forgiven, because Jesus died on the cross. Now, as we move into that blessedness called sanctification, where we grow into that righteousness, we carry the cross with us. Now, the day will come when we come to the end of our journey, when we see the Lord, we will be free from the presence of sin. You see the difference now? We were free from the penalty of sin when we got saved, born again, accepted Jesus into our hearts, gave the Lord our hearts and lives. Now we begin growing into righteousness. That's called sanctification. But the day will come when we will stand before the Lord. We will be free from the presence of sin. So we've been free from the penalty of sin. Now in sanctification, we become free from the power of sin as we grow into righteousness. And the day will come when we say the Lord will be free from the presence of sin. So what I want to talk to you about is, how do you grow into righteousness? God declared you righteous when you were born again. He declared you righteous. Now we grow into it. And that's what Paul meant when he said, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. It's God who works all this in you, but you cooperate with him. So when we talk about embracing the cross, let's, let's talk about what does the cross signify? What does it speak about? Well, three things. Number one, shame. Paul calls it the offense of the cross. In Galatians 5.11, he talks about the offense of the cross, meaning persecution. So what we have to embrace is persecution, because persecution, you know, the Bible says all who live godly will suffer persecution. To embrace the shame of the cross means we accept persecution. In in Galatians 5.11, and I, brethren, if I yet preach circumcision, Why do I yet suffer persecution? Then is the offense of the cross ceased. So persecution means we accept the offense of the cross. But when persecution stops, then the offense of the cross has ceased. But we are to live the kind of life where we accept the shame of the cross because Jesus accepted the shame of the cross. Think think about what happened to the Lord. Um, In Matthew 27, 26 through 31, it says he was whipped and mocked and spat upon. Wow, that's shame. Or or think about what uh, Psalm 22 
talks about what happened on the cross. Let me read it to you. As David himself wrote about this under the anointing of the Holy Spirit, and he writes in verse 17, I may tell all my bones, they look and stare upon me. Meaning that when the Lord hung on the cross, the Bible makes it very clear he was naked. Because David writes, I may tell all my bones, they look and stare upon me. Think about the Lord naked on the cross, covered with blood and spittle. That's shame. He accepted the shame of the cross. And so we have to accept persecution, the shame of the cross. And all God wants of us is that we would accept it. You know, three over 300 million of our brothers and sisters today are living under great and severe persecution around the world. We may not have to pay the kind of price they've paid. It would be a pleasure, to be honest with you, when you read Fox's Book of Martyrs and you read about the precious saints of God that died for the name of Jesus and the gospel, and they did it joyfully. When a friend of mine named Dr. Ralph Wilkerson gave me uh, Fox's Book of Martyrs, a copy that Catherine Kuhlman owned, an old book, an old copy, and I've read that book more than once in the last few years. It's changed my life, to be honest with you. And here I see what she wrote in her own handwriting. Grant me to be, give me the privilege, grant me the privilege to be one of them. Catherine, come in. I said to Ralph, I said, that's why God used her. She was willing. She wanted the privilege of, of, being, of, being, of, of becoming a martyr. How precious. Billy Graham's wife, Ruth, that's what she wanted. I recently read that. She was willing to die for the Lord, and I think that's why God used her to be such a strength to Billy Graham. But you know, the thing that is so remarkable is when we embrace the shame of the cross, I think this is when victory comes. Secondly, to embrace the cross means we embrace the weakness of the cross. And the weakness of the cross, again, is spoken of in Psalm 22. Let me read you verse 14 and 15. I am poured out like water. All my bones are out of joint. My heart is like wax. It is melted in the midst of my bowels. My strength is dried up. So the Lord died in weakness, it says. In 2 Corinthians 13, let's, let's also read that because I think it'll be good for you to see those scriptures. In 2 Corinthians, <clears throat> 2 Corinthians 13, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm really sensing just the sweetness of the Lord just talking about this. Let me, let me read verse 3 and 4. Since ye seek a proof of Christ speaking in me, which to you word is not weak, but is mighty in you. For though he was crucified through weakness, yet he liveth by the power of God. For we also are weak in him. That's when we embrace the cross, we embrace the weakness of the cross. But we shall live with him by the power of God toward you. And what 
it means to embrace the weakness of the, of the cross is when we come to the end of our resources, we come to the end of our, our own strengths, we come to the end of ourselves, and we, 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 we place our total dependence on the Lord Jesus. And think about when he embraced the weakness of the cross, he placed his total dependence on his, on, on his heavenly Father. And we place our total dependence on the Lord. When we embrace the weakness, we say, Lord, I can't make it. You know, I'm not going to survive without you. I can't live the Christian life without you. I can't have victory over sin without you. And that is what it means by embracing the weakness of the cross. So the, the third thing that I want to talk about is death. So the cross speaks also of death. Shame, weakness, and death. And we have to embrace all three. But what does it mean to embrace the death of the cross? Well, the cross lies at the heart of the Christian message. So the gospel was never intended to give us just a spring cleaning or to brighten us up. or or to make us a little more accepted or acceptable to God, the cross came to finish us. The cross came to bring us to death, death to the flesh, death to self. If any man will come after me, let him deny himself, Jesus said. Deny. You know, I I was reading earlier Luke 14. I want to go back to it because I want to show you something that's so, so powerful. So let's let's go back to that uh, precious scripture we we just read in, in Luke 14. And I want to read a little more than just verse 27, which I read earlier. So let's go, let's go to verse 26. If any man come to me, and hate not his father, mother, wife, children, brethren, and sisters, yea, and his own life also. He cannot be my disciple. So not only are we told to carry the cross and follow the Lord, but he repeats it twice. He says, if you, if any man come to me and doesn't hate his father, his mother, his wife, his children, his brothers, his sisters, and his own life. He cannot be my disciple. He repeats and says, and if you don't carry your cross and come after me, you cannot be my disciple. And then he says, count the cost. So death to the flesh, death to self, means Jesus is all in all in our life. No, no, the Lord does not want you to hate your parents. The Bible, in fact, says to honor them. But I think the the balance is found in Scripture. Here's the Lord in Galilee, ministering the word. His mother comes, his brothers come, and uh, somebody says, your mother is out there, and your brothers, and the Lord says, who is my mother, and who is my family, who is my brothers? They who hear the word and do it. On the cross, on the cross, as he is crucified on the cross, imagine the pain he was in. 
He looks down, he sees John, and he sees his mom, and he says, take care of her. Wow, that's honoring his mom. So one of the last requests he made was to John, take care of her. So that shows you the balance. When our families interfere in the call of God on our life, when our families interfere in our ministry to the Lord. This is where we say, no, Jesus comes first. But that doesn't mean we completely push them away. We completely ignore them. That's not what the Lord meant at all when, when he said, because see, he wants to be first in our lives. So if any man come to me and hate not his father, doesn't mean you have to hate them because we are told to love, you know. God is love. What he means by that is they cannot have your heart. Only Jesus has your heart. Only Jesus has that place in in our life where we surrender to him completely, completely. We follow him with all of our hearts. He comes first. He comes first. He, He surely did not hate his mother. Of course not. The Bible is clear. Honor your father and your mother that it may be well with you and you live long on the earth. So the same God who says honor them, what he means is don't put them first. That's why he says even your own life you have to hate it. You have to, to put me first, not love yourself. And that's really all it means. So when we embrace the cross, we embrace... First, the shame, accepting persecution. We embrace the weakness. We come to the end of ourselves, end of our resources, and we depend on the Lord completely for our salvation and victory over sin. And now, as we also embrace the death of the cross and die to the things of the world, self, the desires of the flesh, and more. Paul says to Timothy, he says, a soldier of Jesus Christ cannot be entangled with the affairs of this life because we have to follow the Lord completely. Live unto him and only unto him. And when that happens, now here's what takes place. And this is so beautiful. The minute you make that decision and say, Lord, I'm willing, I'm willing. That's when I believe we can begin to experience the power of the new creation. Because it says old things are passed away. Behold, all things are new in 2 Corinthians 5.17. And now we, 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 we come to that place where the, where the cross offers us a final solution with the problem of ongoing sin. It opens the way to our resurrection which lies on the other side of the cross. So when you and I embrace the shame of the cross, the weakness of the cross, the death of the cross, on the other side of that is what? New life, resurrection. And now we look beyond the cross and we see life. Jesus, the Bible says, endured the cross seeing the joy before him. 
He, he saw beyond the cross. He saw what the cross would accomplish for him, bringing us into the kingdom. And I think when we embrace the shame of the cross and the weakness of the cross and the death of the cross, we, we, we see the, the other side. We're able to embrace the, the persecution. and We're able to embrace the weakness and say, Lord, I'm all yours. I cannot depend on myself. I don't trust myself. And we can say, Lord, I'm willing, even if it means death, what a pleasure. That, but, but Lord, here's my life. I lay down. I deny self and I deny what the flesh wants and I deny what the world gives. And all I want is you, Jesus. And what I'm looking at is the other side of the, of, of the cross, the victory. For the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. And for the joy that, that is set before us, we endure. And that's, I think, what happens. And the same will happen in our life. And now we, what we begin to see is sin is now overcome. Because the, the cross breaks the dominion of sin. If you're fighting ongoing sin, the only answer is embrace the cross. Come to the end of yourself. Not only accepting persecution and people will mock you. And wow, wow, what, what a joy. Because Jesus said, rejoice when they say all manner of evil against you. Rejoice. And then when you come to the end of yourself and surrender. And then when you say, Lord, I give all my life to you. I, I, I don't want to live more for myself. I don't want to live for anyone but you, dear Jesus. Wow. I, I, I just want to pray right now because, and I'm going to pray that the Lord will bring fruit in your life. You know, in John 12, uh, beginning at verse 23, the Lord talks about how death brings us fruitfulness. Uh, the cross makes us fruitful, basically. And then we can what? Win the lost. And this is what fruitfulness means. We can win others to the Lord when we die. And now we begin to really live. People will see it in us. And that's when I believe we can win the lost. You can't, you cannot win the lost until you're dead. I'm going to say it again. You cannot win someone else to Jesus till the flesh is dead. And that's what I mean by you're dead. The flesh is dead. And frankly, God cannot trust the living. He only trusts the dead. And when I say that, I mean dead to self, dead to the flesh, dead to the world. And then we're, we're, we're able to, to bear tremendous fruit for the kingdom. Let, let me close with one scripture, and then I'm going to pray for you that the Lord will bring you to that place because that's real Christianity. Real Christianity is, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself, carry the cross and follow me. And Paul says in 2 Corinthians 4.10, 4, always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our body. Wow. So now we see that it's life comes. We... We, we see tremendous victories. So the, the, the cross is the pathway to life and glory. The cross is the pathway to the glory of God. Wow. So it's not something we experience in heaven. We know it all here on earth. That's where we can experience the pathway 
to glory on earth. Wow. All right. Now remember that the, that the Lord chose the way of the cross to glory. So there's no shortcuts. Precious Jesus, I stretch my hands in faith towards your sweet people who are watching and listening, Lord, to this. Bring them to that place, Lord, that they would embrace the shame of the cross, accepting persecution, accepting mockery, rejoicing when people say all evil things against them. Thank you, Lord. As they accept the weakness of the cross and the death of the cross, Lord, let them begin to experience your life, your mighty power. Yes, Lord, thank you for your glory promised to each one of us who will suffer persecution, who will accept the weakness of the cross and come to the end of ourselves and die to self in the world. To you, precious Redeemer, belongs all the praise. Yes, Lord, we want to finish stronger than when we started, that we will finish mighty in you and acceptable in your sight. For you are able to keep us from falling and to present us with joy, without blame, with joy on that day. Come, Lord Jesus, we give you all the praise. Amen and amen. Thank you for letting me into your homes and then thank you for letting me spend a few minutes with you talking about this very precious truth. Have a blessed Christmas. Have a blessed, blessed new year. I pray the Lord will, will reward you, bless you, prosper you, increase you on every side. Though your beginning was small, your letter end shall greatly increase. Would you say that? Just say, though, this is from the Bible, just say, though my, be my beginning was small, my latter end will greatly increase. Hallelujah. Now listen, you sweet people, before I say goodbye to you, we are uh, now talking to a company that is ready to translate my daily teachings into different languages. We're going to start with Spanish. Then we're going to go to Portuguese and other languages after that. And we're going to start there like right away. A lot of you have been asking for my daily teachings to be in other languages. So now we're going to do it for you. But I need your help financially to do it. Because it costs more to translate than to actually come to you. But now, okay, some people say, say well, you know, you can, you can do it through Google. No, but Google will not carry the anointing. I need some living person who is a minister of the gospel in those different countries to translate me into different languages. Because my purpose is that the anointing can flow out of what I teach, not some computer translating what I say, because that's not good. You can hear the words, but there's no spirit in that. But I want to see where God, and we've done this in the past where this is your day, when people from different parts of the world became my voice, and they were holy people, anointed people who knew the Lord and walked with him. And the impact was tremendous. Now it's time for us to translate what I do on social media every day with you in all the languages of the world, God willing, when we're done. We're, we're going to start, though, with Spanish, then Portuguese, because I want to reach all of Brazil. 
the Brazilian people, we have tremendous, uh, uh, you know, great uh, uh, requests from Brazil um, to actually go there all the time. So I want to reach Brazil, and then we're going to go maybe to other languages. I want to really reach Iran with Farsi. Uh, we want to reach India, but I'm 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 feeling that the Lord wants me to translate into Farsi. We go Spanish, Portuguese, and then Farsi, and then from there, I want to reach India with their own language. And there's 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 uh, different dialects from from what I had learned, well, from what I had heard there. So we're going to do our job, but I need your help. I need your help financially to really do that. So would you consider today? sowing a, a seed into our ministry to help me starting uh, to start do that because that group is ready to go now. So and we, we, we can start this real quick. So I pray the Lord will bless you for that and you sow seed. And if you just want to give just to bless the ministry, the Lord will reward you also. So Lord, bless your people financially. Let this be an amazing time for them. Prosper them, increase them on every side. In Jesus' name, meet every financial need this Christmas and in the new year for your glory and honor. Amen and amen. All right, you can give on the on the platform you're watching me on. You can go to our website, which is the simplest, benhin.org, or simply text BHM45777, or you can send it in the mail. It's all there for you on the screen, all the information. But the simplest, really, and the quickest, our website. Just go to Benihim.org, all the info is right there for you. It'll tell you what to do. Thank you again for your love, and have a most blessed, blessed Christmas. Much love. Shalom.